This appendix episode of Bonfireside Chat is brought to you by all kinds of things, including uh, our Patreon, patreon.com forward slash duckfeedtv, and our charity event, Duckstream. So go to duckfeedtv.tv forward slash duckstream. Do both those things. Lumbasa. Some of our landings were desperate adventures. We are now prepared to meet the inevitable counterattacks with power and with confidence. My name is Gary Butterfield. My name is Cole Ross. And I'm Nick Lover. And you're listening to a Bonfireside Chat appendix. It is a cursed appendix. Yes. Like yeah. the one I had moved in Ot 6. Yep. Yeah. <laughs> it was so. evil and it was sapping life from your real appendix. Yeah. It was a force for the dark. It was an appendix so peaceful, it was unto the dark. Yep. Oh, and this week we are reading your responses to the dark chasm of old and the uh, the giant's memories. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And as you heard, uh, we have Nick joining us again from Check It Out Comrade and also from Friendship in Real Life. Hey, Nick. Yep. Hi, Nick. Hey, how's it thank, going, guys? Thank you for sticking around. Of course. Yeah. Thank you for nicking around. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> thank you for globbing, globbing <laughs> onto us. <laughs> globbing onto us. I can't sanction this. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Guys, he was a gator boy. I said, see the gator boy. <laughs> Cock-a-doodle-doo. Cock-a-doodle-doo. Um, yeah, so so uh, we have miles to go before we sleep, so I'm going to go ahead and get us started here with Ben. Uh, ben says via contact. Uh, you had mentioned that Luca Teal was the Solaire-like character of this game, but I had associated her more strongly with Ostrava of Bulletaria. For one thing, her quest is much more personal. Both Luca Teal and Ostrava are searching for a loved one, which is a goal we can more strongly relate to than the abstract find my own sun quest that Solaire has. In addition, if Cole is right, and she has come back um, after finding Azlatiel, then the result of her quest line is more similar to that of Astrava. Her mission culminates with a technical success. She has found her loved one, only to realize that he is a mere fragment of the man that she once knew. This, again, is how Astrava's quest ends, with his understanding that his father has become a demon. The characters even both commit suicide upon realization of what they had sought was just a dream. Yeah. Yeah, interesting. I completely forgot about Ostrava um, in our summation of that. Yeah, it's it's so easy to forget I'm, I'm Demon sold. Souls lore, you know. Mm-hmm. Like in general, like it it's there and it's good mm-hmm. and I like it, but I don't always have it at the top of my brain. Yeah, when I'm looking for connections and references, Dark Souls One is just so much closer. Yeah. Yep. Yeah, yeah. that makes sense. That's, that's pretty good. Mm-hmm. Yep. Uh, continuing with follow up, um, we have Ryan who writes in via contact saying. I'm a bit surprised you guys didn't mention that the that the uh, guardian dragon and his identical twins in the airy uh, are not actually dragons. By both classic draconian naming conventions and established Dark Souls naming conventions, the creatures that are the guardian dragon are actually drakes. Six limbs equals dragons. Four legs, two wings. And four limbs are uh, drakes. Two hind legs and wings attached to the, uh, to the forelegs. Um, then you also have worms and wyverns, uh, which by the which by name never appear in Dark Souls, uh, but we get serpents instead, which make up for what they lack in limbs by having enormous goofy teeth. Um, I read the Guardian Dragons as uh, failed experiments of Aldia, um, and it's supported both by their location and the fact that they are able to reproduce. Dragons have no need to lay eggs as they are outside of the circle of, uh, the cycle of life, 
and uh, sorry, the cycle of life and death, and therefore do do not or cannot reproduce. I wouldn't call them a complete failure because they are pretty darn close to actual dragons and seem to be able to sustain their own population autonomously. Not quite curing the undead curse, but still pretty impressive nonetheless. Whether or not you buy into the idea that the ancient dragon, which is neither ancient nor an actual uh, dragon, discuss, um, actually is Aldia or not, it stands to reason uh, that it was at the very least created by Aldia and the drakes preceding it were put in place as bodyguards. After all, it must be called the Guardian Dragon for a reason, even though it's a Drake. Hmm. Very well put. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, we we know that the ancient dragon, we don't think we argue that it was a real dragon. Mm-hmm. Um, and the egg point is really interesting. I wonder how the um, the ancient dragon egg fits into that, though. Mm-hmm. Like, so there is one dragon egg that seems at least explicitly to be from a real dragon. So, like, if that is the case, then it's possible that dragons do lay eggs. Mm-hmm. Even though, like, the argument that they don't need to because they're outside of life and death makes a lot of sense. Yeah. Um, yeah, so I don't know. Yeah. Was it uh, – so, so this pops up somewhere. That that which is not born cannot die or that which is, you know, cannot die uh, is not born, something like that? Yeah. 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 So, yeah, I just don't know what that, that egg is that's doing there, but who even knows? Yeah. And it cost also could have been, like, if they were originally born from eggs and they just – primordial eggs that just popped out of, like – you know, God's cloaca, <laughs> yeah. and then just gave birth to the dragons. That one just has to be, happens to be petrified. I love the idea of God oh, being yeah. a big chicken. Well, I, I <laughs> well, the guard, God could be like an old man, but he definitely has a cloaca. Oh yeah. Like there's no way <laughs> yeah. that like that the, the supreme being of efficiency uses more than one orifice it's, for it's a for life all that hack. stuff. It's a life hack. Yeah, if you have exactly. multiple holes down there. <laughs> yeah, that, that's just making yeah. things complicated. Like. Yeah. God needs somewhere to pour his used soylent from, and it's, it's his front cloaca. <laughs> Sounds like somebody's working for his ass. Simplify, <laughs> man. Yeah. <laughs> but, and, and then the, the Drake Dragon uh, stuff, like, it always seems to me that, like, I I, I don't know. It, it seems interchangeable to me, but, like, I can see that point, yeah. like the four arms, two arms thing. Like, mm-hmm. you know, I play enough D&D where, like, they're all dragons. I guess in, <laughs> D, in uh, Dark Souls the the hellkite drake you mm-hmm. know versus the uh the ancient dragon like i guess that does make sense that is consistent but i never really saw significance in it not mm-hmm. saying that there isn't significance but i yeah. never actually saw some like if there is a, a significance it's the distinction between are these basically gods or are they you know things that look like gods yeah yeah right yeah mm-hmm. all right so our next comment is from illusory wall uh, and it says, regarding the aggro range of the ogre in Aldi's keep, I tried to get it to follow me, but it wouldn't go down the stairs at all. I was also wondering if there is a way to lure it down to break the cart in the hallway, since there's no no way to break it. It seems like it could have been a good spot to hide a pickaxe-like secret. So I also tried luring m- mirror squires over, the mimic, everything I could think of, but nothing would either go that far or be able to break it. And the mimic, apart from its attacks not working, you can tell doesn't belong in that hallway because it gets glitchy and does a disappearing reappearing trick when it's near the cart regarding Navlon, there was an interesting hypothesis posted on reddit recently that the mansion of majula was his um and he includes a link uh, i don't know how we're gonna want to include that in here but yeah it'll be um, in the show notes. while i don't yeah okay so it'll be in the show notes and it says while i don't agree with every point of speculation in the topic i think that the overall idea is sound we know from the descriptions of a few hexes that the heretic Navlon was executed along with his entire village, and the mere utterance of his name became a crime. The idea that the village in question in Majula works for me, I think he meant is Majula, 
uh, works for me in several ways. It's a ruined village, and though everything being in ruins is a staple of Souls games, you can usually find hollowed inhabitants or stragglers that have some relationship to the area. In Majula, everyone seems to have traveled from, where, from somewhere else, possibly because all the original villagers were killed along with Nablon. There are no natives in sight. Nablon's attempts to restore the banned arts of resurrection could also have something to do with the big book in the mansion. He must have been doing research in order to restore said arts. And the library certainly looks like a place where research was being done. It could also be a connection between Kale and Navlon. Navlon says that Kale touched him, perhaps to take the mansion key so that he could get access to the map. Hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, that's interesting. I didn't consider that. It adheres to the rule of the conservation of villages. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, and also the idea, like, I mean, the the achievement you get for everyone showing up at the village is that gathering of exiles. Mm-hmm. Like, you know, it is the idea is that these aren't people who are native. Mm-hmm. Here, um, the Moglin uh, even says something to that effect, mm-hmm. I believe, um, that he just set up shop there because yep. he's originally from, uh, what is it, that other uh, place? Yeah, I yeah. don't know. I can't, I can't really. Yeah, some some fantasy kingdom. Um, I can't remember. But yeah, that, that makes like <laughs> a lot of sense. Um, I think that uh, way back in the day when we were first talking about it, I was positing that it was possible that Aldia worked out mm-hmm. of that shack yeah. uh, before he was act- granted a keep. With the with the rise of Vendrick, but this makes sense too. Yeah, like that um, that, that it is yeah. his that this was his vacation lab. Um, yeah, and he was tossing his uh, his his failed experiments down the down the pit. But I would imagine Avalon had some failed experiments too, especially if he was dealing with resurrection and also you know like that would probably have something to do with to do with the curse of life and undeath, right? Yeah, and the fact that enemy placement, you know, that was when I had a lot more faith in enemy placement being important in Dark Souls 2. Mm-hmm. You know, so the fact that the the dogs from the basement of LDS keep being in the gutter seemed to definitely mean something, and then now, who knows? Yeah. Because, you know, bleh. Um, but yeah, that's that's awesome. Thank you, Illusory. And everybody who is listening to this, you should go back and listen to our episode with uh, on data mining with him, with Illusory, because he is a super nice guy. Yeah. And everyone should read his blog, because it's wonderful. Yeah. Um, it will teach yeah. you a lot about Dark Souls. Yep. Um, the uh, So we have a couple uh, little bits of fun in and response as well. Um, so we have a comment on the episode about the Doors of Pharos and Brightstone Cove. So way, get in the Wayback Machine. Because um, someone mentioned Scavens, and uh, it turns out Scavens are from a board game, uh, Chaos in the Old World. This is a four-player competitive Warhammer-based uh, game, super unbalanced, and there are Brodents in it. <laughs> so Brodents are the best, praise the dark. <laughs> uh, so the gentleman strength in numbers is the uh, the name the guy's handle. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, so interesting. Yeah, thanks. It was a reference that went over our heads. Yeah, we don't know what scavens are. It's like all those Doctor Who references. <laughs> yeah. um, and because I was super short, I'll read this uh, just fun in contact from James. Um, James has my contact. Well, listening to the most recent podcast, the one on Aldia's Keep and the Dragon Shrine, the argument on Aldia led me to my new headcanon on what happened to him. I want to believe that Aldia did find a cure for the curse and just died. I know it's not dramatic, but it is funny. <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> like he figured it out. I like an anticlimax. Yeah, me too. Yeah, cool. Uh, moving on to the responses about the actual the actual episode uh, or the actual areas here. Jeremy Greer writes in via Facebook saying, I profoundly love going into the giant memories. Normally in Dark Souls 2, you're playing through a basically empty and stagnant area. Nothing is really going on. The NPCs aren't really moving around and the enemies mostly stand there until you come along. With the memories, things are actually happening. Bombs are being dropped, soldiers are fighting giants, literal stone heads are rolling. It's exciting and very dynamic. Tons of fun to play through. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. You mentioned that in the main episode, I, but I do like uh, when Dark Souls 2 does something the series hasn't done before. 
Yeah. You know, like does an actual area that is not a reference to Dark Souls one. Hmm. Go ahead with Dalton. Sorry right. to cut you off, Nick. Yeah, no, you're fine. Uh, so Dalton says, all right, I'd like to offer up my interesting but most likely insignificant discovery in the Pilgrims of Dark Covenant. Upon diving into the dark from one of the several transports, your character will appear in a dark blackish purple tint. Your weapon will also share the same color palette. That is, except for one weapon. I found that Ben Hart's Blue Moon Greatsword is the only weapon in your inventory that does not maintain this purple color. It instead appears in its typical bright blue glow. But why? Upon receiving the sword from this proud knight, we find out that it's a fake. But does this reveal a secret power within? A power to reject the darkness? Mm, probably not. <laughs> that was his comment, not mine. Yes. Hmm. Yeah. Huh. Yeah. G- intentional? Yeah. <laughs> who, who knows? Yeah. <laughs> who knows, Dark Souls Yeah, too? exactly. You, do you always have that tint, or is it depend on whether you uh, are human or hollow when you go in? I don't know. I thought there was question. something that, yeah, like, I yeah, I thought it depended. I, I I'm never I'm never looking at my character. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Like that 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 is that is the reason that I don't have an answer for that. Yeah, I feel like there's something to that, but I don't actually know. I had to look that up. Yeah. So forgive us. Yeah. Um, yeah so Matt says via contact. Um, oh, and and yeah, thank you for your comment. That is super interesting. If that is true, mm-hmm. the uh, if that is the secret power of the thing. I wonder if people have tried a bunch of stuff with that, like just killed Dark Lurker with it. And, and things to see if it's done anything to see if it ascends. Yeah. Yeah. See if it turns into the ultra blue moon. Um, the, uh, yeah. So Matt says, um, I missed the opportunity to leave feedback on the Aldeas keep episode. So I thought the wrap up episode would be the next best time to bring this up. It's easy to draw parallels between Lucatiel and Solaire, but I also see a connection uh, there with Casca from Berserk. They're both women with swords who are always second best and ultimately fail losing their identities. The end of Lucatiel's story fit well into the setting and everything, but I can't help but see some very everyday video game misogyny there. You get the chance to make friends with several other warrior characters who happen to be men, like Ben Hart, Pate, and Creighton, in Dark Souls 2, and they can all end up just fine in the end if you let them. I think it would bother me less if Dark Souls 2 didn't already have a trend of women as deceiving traitors. As somebody for whom the fantasy genre and feminism are both very important, I can't not speak up about how much it gets to me after Dark Souls 1 was one of the very few fantasy titles in which you could play through without having to put up with any weird fantasy female armor and other generally problematic nonsense. Dark Souls 2 is really growing on me, but the representation is one of the ways it really falls short of its predecessor. Uh, As for the actual topic of the episode, Pilgrims of Dark. Dark Knight of Grandel has quickly become uh, my favorite, one of my favorite characters. It was before the DLC was announced, and after having played through the game several times with other characters and listening to everyone else beat around the bush about dark this and dark that, I was incredibly satisfied to have Grandel finally let me in on the joke. The best feeling in Dark Souls is always the one that you get when you hear that new area text fade into your screen, you know? As a melee-focused character, it was refreshing to be faced with these dark chasm uh, challenge areas that I was only able to make it through by pulling out every trick I had in my sleeve, from poison arrows to parries. Imagine my surprise, then, when I found that forearmed jackass at the bottom was the last one. Um, to keep it short, the Dark Lurker was an awesome challenge that really made me feel Dark Souls new again. Yeah. Yeah. Um, that first point, I think we talked about that a little bit. The Lady Deceivers mm-hmm. in, uh, in Dark Souls uh, 2, which is a little tricky, but I will say that the DLCs add a little shade to that mm-hmm. um, in a way that is a little bit pleasant. But I also do not like the idea of the Scheming Queen Yeah. Um, with yeah. Uh, Nishandra and with... Uh, uh, Mithra, mm-hmm. um, yeah. yeah, yeah, or Mitha rather. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yep, it's a 
it's yeah, it's it's a little it's a little bit disappointing, especially after something. I don't know. Would you consider Siglind to be to be roughly progressive? Like she is far more competent than her dad. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I would say I would say roughly. So I think yeah. that like Dark Souls, Dark Souls One doesn't have a lot of female characters yeah. in it, who aren't you know uh, Quelag. Mm-hmm. Um, but Siglin, <laughs> Siglin's good. Yeah. Um, you know, but I think that a crime of omission rather than just kind of straight up having ladies and having them be you know sinister temptresses. Mm-hmm. You know, is better. If if Mytho wasn't there, I I would be quicker to forgive it because like just having Nishandra. Yeah. You know. Okay. And the daughters of Manus is really evocative, um, and they do more things with it in the DLC. Yeah. But uh, Mytho is real, like, and especially since she's super vain, yeah. and then turns out to be like her ugly Naga lady. Yep. Like that's disappointing. A little bit. Oh yeah, and then um, what's her head? Scorpion lady. Oh, Nashka. Um, yeah. Yeah, Nashka. Also like an insane lady that you get to team up with her her betrothed to put her out of her misery <laughs> yeah, yeah that's, that's pretty bad because yeah. of a touch of the hysteria yeah yeah, yeah that, that is unfortunate and uh that is definitely something we we're going to talk about in the wrap-up when we start really hitting nishandra mm-hmm. um not in the way that one should never hit nishandra yeah but well, in the way we're going to start talking about nishandra <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> i mean if you want to beat the game you're kind of you're kind of gonna have to yeah if you want to beat the game you have to beat nishandra and yeah. that's unfortunate not no. to make light of something that's no really no no um, but the, uh, I would be interested to hear, um, what, uh, what Matt thinks about the way that the other, the DLC characters are handled mm-hmm. because, uh, it is there. I think there's a lot more shade to it. Yeah. So. Yep. I hadn't considered the Casca connection. Yeah. They, oh yeah. That's great too. Yeah. Um, yeah. Mm-hmm. Have, uh, did, did they release the, uh, the eclipse episode, like the, the movie for, uh, Berserk? <laughs> Not that I know of. Okay. Um, like I haven't been following it. Um, I kind of want to get back into reading the comics, but I want to wait for a bunch of them to come out. And yeah. they don't actually, I don't even, there may be one more that came out, but it's just one individual issue. Yeah. That's not really worth my time. Right. So on my deathbed, I'll actually read the end of the saga. <laughs> but <laughs> assuming it ever ends. Yeah. Which it won't. Yeah. Hmm. Yeah. Um, do you want me to uh, close this out? Uh, sure. Yeah. Yeah, uh, go for it. So Max writes in via contact saying, Giants memories. Before playing through the memories, I felt bad for the Giants. There was some real pathos about the tree corpses in the forest of fallen giants, and the last giant successfully evoked the dignity that many enemies had in Dark Souls 1. And he links to an article that uh, quotes the DesignWorks book about Miyazaki talking about dignity in, uh, in Dark Souls enemies. After playing through the memories, though, fuck giants. I swing my mace through space to eradicate the giant race, and I leave a canyon where they used to have a face. <laughs> That's whimsical. (laughs) (laughs) I do not like them. Yeah, I do not like them. Bonfire side chat. I do not like them with a hat. Yep. So (laughs) why the change? It's mostly because I hated those giant pyromancers with the incredible aim. Uh, But this show is all about the English major takes, so I'll offer one of those as well. It's hard to sympathize with creatures that have no discernible facial features. The trees and the last giant used posture and body language to suggest emotional affect, slumping shoulders and sagging heads for sadness and regret, a tilted head for recognition, violent thrashing for all-consuming rage. Aside from the giant lord, no such care uh, was taken in designing the animations for the giants we fight in these memories. We cannot interpret anything about their inner lives, and so any meaning we can uh, extract from the encounter is derived from the from the mechanics of the game. Hence, fuck giants. Yeah, I mean, I, I could see that, but also, like, these are just soldiers yeah. in the middle of a fight, yeah. too. Like, they're not sad or yeah, recognizing you or anything. Yeah. That was going to be my point as well. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> they're wonder... just the, the peons. Yeah. I want to read the uh, the the giant stone tablet version of All Quiet on the Drang Lake Front. 
<laughs> yeah, don't draw birds. <laughs> spoilers for all fire and Western Front. Spoilers yeah. for World War One. Yes, yeah, spoilers for World War One. Well, I mean, you know, they were, they had already announced the sequel by the end of when, it. So. When Franz Ferdinand ended up in the dark of the matinee, so to speak, <laughs> when it started World War One. Deep cut. I'm not going to ask the this question. Is, this, this is the second Franz Ferdinand single. Oh, okay. Cool. And it's just me saying that that's Dark of the Mountain A is not necessarily a good euphemism for dying. <laughs> it's one of the many things that I, you know, I've, I have a real crisis of faith lately where I think that I'm not actually smart. I'm just quick. Mm-hmm. And like, there is a difference between those two things. Like, I was just like, oh, I'm not actually a smart person. I'm just fast. <laughs> and that, that, that gets, you, gets you a certain way, but it doesn't actually, uh, you know, in the end. I don't think it's going to help me out in my deathbed. <laughs> so just to end on that kind would of note. Would you say in the end, <laughs> it doesn't even matter? And I would say in the end, it doesn't even matter. Um, like, and it's, see, it's been a while. Just throwing references like, out there, it really it really just only gets you halfway. Yeah, it really ties yeah, the honest, podcast together. Yeah, honest, honestly. Like I, I did a, the, the short game podcast. And I made some reference. And one of those guys like straight up called me out on it. And he should have because I shouldn't have been just reference joking. But I just had that moment where I'm like, Boy, who even am I? Who the fuck do I think I am? (laughs) (laughs) Where do you get off? Yeah, I had a real serious moment of introspection that came from that. It's like, oh, yeah, maybe I'm not actually – I'm probably not nearly as smart as I think I am. So that's me. Uh, if you have, uh, if you want to share with us whether you, you're as smart as you think you are, um, how can they do that, Cole? Well, they can go to duckfeed.tv slash contact. Um, if, we, yeah. if we fucked anything up and you want to get anything into follow-up, uh, that is the way to do that. Um, also, just in general, if there's something about Dark Souls you want us to hear, and more specifically and actionably, uh, there's still uh, a time, I assume, here to uh, uh, write us any questions you have about speedrunning in Dark Souls 2 for yeah. our, our next guest, uh, Mr. Lobos Jr., yeah, just choose a sad introspection from the drop down. Yeah, and then uh, and then we'll know that you're comparing yourself to what you could be. Um, yeah, so yeah, the, uh, ch- check in with that uh, contact. And uh, Nick, where can people find you? They can find me mostly on Check It Out Comrade, which is duckfeed.tv/comrade. Um, that's the primary thing I'm publishing at the moment. And uh, you can also find me on Twitter myself at Nick Pancakes. And uh, you can contact me for any Comrade-related stuff, or if you just like my voice and want to tell me that, uh, <laughs> on any of the Comrade social media outlets, such as at Comrade Podcast on Twitter or uh, Facebook.com slash Check It Out Comrade. Yeah, and we'd be remiss if we didn't mention at least one more time, uh, end of the month or near the end of the month. November, November. 21st and 22nd. 21st and 22nd, uh, Duckstream, our 24-hour live stream for to benefit Transactive, mm-hmm. um, which is a gender center in Portland that educates and uh, provides assistance and information to transgender youth and their families. Mm-hmm. Um, between the West Coast and Midwest branch mm-hmm. of the Duckfeed universe, we are streaming for 24 hours. Mm-hmm. Um, so you can go to duckfeed.tv forward slash Duckstream to check out information about yeah. that yeah I'm, I'm going to spring i'm going to stream a uh, a survival horror game i'm working on making it a rare one mm, nice. so banjo kazooie <laughs> lost in the nightmare yep like um, <laughs> yep it's the rare haunted see, banjo kazooie cartridge it's just quick yeah but i yes ended it and i said "Ooh, there's a haunted banjo kazooie cartridge like pokemon black you know yeah like yeah, yeah. it's just a uh, yeah Oh, we have a lot of thinking to do, guys. Well, no, right, just um, like, it, it doesn't. It doesn't matter the thing itself as long as it as long as it sets up something else behind it. You're good. That's true. You know. Okay. That, that's like, true. We're, we're not in this alone. We're all, it's a, it is a it is a group effort. Yeah, yeah. I, I I appreciate that, guys. <laughs> all right. <laughs> all right. Um, 
Listen to some deleted scenes, guys. Umbasa. Of the Gamergate variety or what? Uh yeah. Like okay. the toxic toxic gamergate bro. He's a gamer boy. He's a gator boy, so I say see you later, boy. <laughs> um <laughs> <That's> so dumb. <laughs> I I'm not that dumb. I was pretty good. <laughs> yeah. Pretty feel, good. I don't feel good about laughing at it, but I mean, you know, it's yeah. fine. I feel good about saying it. In fact, I'm going to say it again. He was a gator boy, so I said, see you later, boy. Yep. Um, (laughs) Yeah. Man. So so I'm going to do I'm going to do something I never do and share a dream story. If that's okay. I I love hearing about dreams. I know, right? It's but but it's short and sweet. Um, And uh, it's also relevant. So I, I had so a, I was sucking both your dicks. Yep, and the, <laughs> at the same yeah. time, <laughs> yeah, it was crazy. So it was weird. I'm anyway. so into this. See, <laughs> my name is Cole Ross. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no, I never have dreams, and I hate hearing about other people's dreams. But this is good enough, right? It passes muster. I was stood up by a woman on a date, right? Like, mm-hmm. yeah, I'm sitting in the restaurant, real sad, feeling down on myself, and um, who comes up to console me uh, other than Shaquille O'Neal? Oh, hey. <laughs> hey, buddy. Hey, Shaq. Hey, Just get back out there. She doesn't know <laughs> what she's missing. Yeah. I, don't, I don't know where that came from. When a lady does stand you up, she's a Shaq Black. <laughs> yeah. Oh, man. Did you say Shaq Black? I said uh, Shaq you lack. Oh, Shaq you lack. Okay. Yeah. yeah. Shaq you lacking. <laughs> Yep. Um, I think at one point he you... promised to gift me something on Steam. Right. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. um, have you have you seen that thing uh, in the something awful uh, terrible life hacks thread? It's like the the group of people who go to restaurants and pretend to be stood up on dates in order to get free food. Oh yeah, and like the live tweets about them really trying to milk waiters for it. Yeah. <laughs> what the fuck? I've never heard of this. That's yeah. crazy. That's that's the worst. So, sitting in a restaurant, putting on a performance for three hours to get what is probably a twelve ninety nine Applebee's steak. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, and maybe like a fajita brownie, like at the end, but like nothing, <laughs> nothing worth your time or your dignity. Mm-hmm. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. No, it's uh, I saw that not in the life hacks thread. Uh, is that the one that's also like the most bachelor thing you've ever done, kind of thing? Or is no, this... no, they're, yeah, they're oh, different threads. Oh, the, yeah, this okay. Yeah. The, so, so that's the one I do read, and that's where I yeah. did see that. I, I figured, like, the, the, I read like four or five threads in PYF that are essentially the same thread. Yeah. Insofar as there's a just like tremendous amount of cross posting between them, so I wasn't sure which one is in there. Now, this is the thread that is also talking about that Soylent dipshit who uh, has eradicated poop from his life. Yeah, yeah, he destroyed his. Uh... His guts. Yeah, you know, they never have to poop again. He wrecks shop in his microbiome. Yeah, awful. Yeah. Well, that guy, that guy's a known piece of shit. So yeah, this shit's fucking dumb. It's just feed soil to all the poor people. Yeah, that's a that's a good idea. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Let's take food away from them as well. Yeah. Um. <laughs> the uh. Yeah. Fucking San Francisco. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. That's the worst. Um, did you end up uh, beating Dark Lurker, Nick? Nope. 
<laughs> I'm gonna go in as the guy who couldn't do it. Yeah. Uh, you're not alone, Nick. Actually. Oh wow. Yeah. Nice. I feel like such an alpha boy. Yeah. Yeah. Alpha. Alpha. Let's do this. I, I make no secret about being bad at games, so it's. No. <laughs> yeah. I tried. I, I gave it. I gave it. Uh, God's honest. Yeah. Uh, but, me too. Uh, I gave it like a good 15, 20 tries. Yeah. Oh. It's okay. I'll play cock of the block on this. On this little bad boy. <laughs> yep, yep. And uh, as cock of the block, I'd like to say. He was a gator boy. I said, see you later, boy. <laughs> just every time. Every, every time you feel the slightest bit superior, just say that. Yeah. That, yeah. that way we know. Yeah. <laughs> the, uh, and, yeah. And, then after, and then after we laugh or fail to laugh, just pause for a minute and say, cock-a-doodle-doo. Yeah. <laughs> just ding. I'll just edit in, you know. Edit in, laugh. He'll just loop. Ha 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 ha. Hey, my mom shared a screamer on my Facebook wall. <laughs> so thanks, mom. Good, cool. Yeah, good, cool. Cool job, mom. <laughs> Gary likes spooky things. And cool moms of Facebook. <laughs> Calendar, so, cool moms of Facebook, 20, yeah. 2008. <laughs> Yep. Cool moms of Facebook sharing <laughs> screamers all day was long. It, was it, a, I mean, I know there's like, was it effective? Did it get you? Did it spook uh, you? Yeah, it spooked me pretty good. It's just my mom's never done anything like that before, so. <laughs> and we all pray that we will have far more soon 